Welcome to Money MD, where the money doctors are in the house. We're giving out prescriptions for better financial health and making smart decisions with your money. We give common sense solutions to your complex problems. And now, here are the doctors. Well, Zach, happy uh, 4th of July week. That's right. Yeah. Big holiday. Big holiday. Good you were traveling. I was traveling, so yeah. I wasn't with my family, but my family had a fun time. Yeah. The kids enjoyed fireworks. Yeah. You you rested a little bit. Well, you know, it's uh, I did. I had a little break from the kids, but traveling, I always get... Traveling's not restful for me. I mean, it's more yeah, restful. I totally agree. It's more restful than traveling with kids. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But I always feel like I need a day to recuperate, so... Yeah, that's right. That's right. Well, we, we didn't do much. We live out in the country, and... Um, we, we didn't go anywhere. We had thought about it, but I saw a story which was kind of cool. And um, it was uh, the, I think it was the rescue, the animal rescue facility in Aiken. Mm. And they had volunteers that came and sat with all the animals because, mm. you know, the fireworks, you know, oh, yeah, scares. scares. Yeah. And it was pretty cool because they had um, all the dog kennel. I think they were in the dog uh, section, but they had um, all the people lined up outside the kennels and, you know, playing with the dogs yeah. and kind of distracting them a little bit. So, uh, you know. Oh, that's fun. It's kind of cool. It's the, the little things that add to your appreciation. Yeah, so. and we have a dog, and but we don't have a lot of fireworks out there, so yeah. not a not a big uh, event. But yeah, we watch. We actually we watch the uh, fireworks at the Capitol, um, oh, Washington cool. D.C. Yeah, yeah, from the comfort of our yeah. couch. From the couch, but still cool. You can DVR it. Yeah, know, right. Put a pause and We're so spoiled forth. Today. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> but we have we have a good good show lined up. I'll say if you're listening to us today, we're not going to be specifically talking about the the markets per se. So if you tuned in for that, I mean the last four months have been talking about bear markets yeah. and so forth and things to do. And I would cert- we certainly encourage you to go back and listen to some of those yeah. if you haven't. But we do have some good topics. We're going to talk about um, the interest rates, uh, the hikes, and what that means for yeah. you. Yeah, yeah, we have an article out of the Wall Street Journal uh, looking at just what. What do these rate hikes mean and how can you um, prepare for or take advantage of uh, some of these things? So, yeah, I think a good detailed article that we're going to look at first. Yeah, that's right. And then we're going to follow up with the uh, the ABCs of RMDs. Good. Did you come up with that title? <clears throat> I didn't. Oh. I didn't. But well, I, I, I liked I, it. It kind of rhymes a little bit. I would not be surprised if you did because it's so... I'm pretty good at rhyming. So good. I'm, I'm a poet and sometimes don't even know it. But, oh, you my know. goodness. <laughs> Oh my goodness! Here so, we go. So RMD stands for required <laughs> minimum distribution, and a um, couple cases that you have to take RMDs uh, at seventy two is one of them. But also, if you've inherited uh, mm-hmm. an IRA, you also have to take out uh, RMDs potentially. So um, we're going to go through some of the details associated with that, and, and we actually, for our clients, we we track them. Um, and I tell you, you don't want to mess up on RMDs because there's a big penalty associated with it if you don't do it right. But uh, there are some pretty cool steps that we'll cover uh, yep. as you go through there. So if you're not yet 72, maybe your parents um, have uh, RMDs that they're taking or you know someone who does, and, and you can help them out with yeah, this. Yeah, so. absolutely. So uh, by the way, I'm John Travis. Uh, I have an MBA in finance. I'm also a Dave Ramsey certified coach, and I have over 30 years of experience in planning for both corporations and individuals. Yeah, my name is Zach Albany. So I'm a financial advisor. been in the industry for about three years now, and uh I've been here with Richie Young for about a year and a half. Yeah, time flies. That's right. When you're having fun, that's awesome. So, so much fun. Yeah, so we're excited to have you listening to us today on a weekly show. Uh, we're up every Friday morning. Um, you can go to our website, moneymd.net or iTunes and listen. Um, you know, you can also check out our website, moneymd.net. Um, ask us your questions. Uh, we always have really good questions from clients. And, you know, ch- spend some time on the website. We have some good tools out there. We have a retirement planning calculator 
Uh, also have a, a financial inventory sheet, um, which is really good to document what you have for your for your family members. And as I mentioned uh, a minute ago, we you know all of the older podcasts are out there as well. Yeah. And I, I sometimes go back and listen to the pandemic ones during the during the March April time frame because it's, it was just a fascinating time. Absolutely. And hindsight's twenty twenty on this, um, but I tell you, during that time was was scary, and a lot of people feel that way today as well. But um, did you, you know, use uh, hindsight twenty twenty? Was that it? Was that intended? It it was because twenty twenty. You got it. Yes, okay. I, I didn't pick up on that, but that wasn't intended. So not that. intended pun. Okay, not intended pun. All right, yeah. you're you're uh, doing pretty good. You got the rhymes. You got the puns. puns. Yeah, yeah. Yep. This is this a good start. This is a good show. This is a good show. And we actually have a really good financial fact. I, I like this a lot. We talked to a lot of folks about college planning and making sure you get into the right degree. And so Zach, you're going to take us on that one. Yeah, financial fact of the week has to do with as you were saying, John College. Uh, degrees, college graduates. The the fact is, forty one point three percent of college graduates aged twenty two to twenty seven are working in jobs in which they are underemployed, which means they're in a job that does not typically require a college degree. Historically, thirty three point nine percent of college graduates are underemployed, and so this is um, implying that yeah, if forty for in the last, um, or I guess twenty two to twenty seven year olds. Uh, as of December 2021, 41.3% are working in jobs they don't need a college degree for. Yeah. So the question is, do, do you need a college degree? Yeah, that's a great question to have. I don't think everybody needs to go to college. There's a lot of great um, opportunities out there yeah. that don't require a college degree. And you know, when you start getting college debt and you can't get the income to pay for the college debt, it's just not a good yeah, it's not a good equation. So uh, definitely, if you have kids or grandkids out there, uh, we would be happy to talk to them about that. Mm-hmm. Um, there's also on our website moneymd.net. We also have um, a, a link to the salaries of different um, majors, mm-hmm. and also it shows the underemployment rate of those majors wow. as well. Um, so spend some time with your uh, with your high schooler or middle schooler and start talking That's about that. It's not 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 too uh, not too young. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, I work with. Uh, college students for about seven years and the even if you do end up going to college I always I think the people who did the best in college were those who uh, had work experience or maybe they took a gap year and worked or did something with their time um, and then they, and then and obviously I worked with them so um, they went to college but they just had a little bit more maturity to mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. they had more experience yep. and so maybe maybe that'd be a good plan is to do something for a year or two and maybe see if you need to go to college or not. Um, but yeah, I think that's pretty remarkable, that statistic there. So Yeah, that's a big number. Very interesting. Yeah, and so we're going to uh, switch gears here and uh, talk about the uh, what the Fed rate hike. Uh, you know, Zach, it went up, you know, three quarters of a percent. That was very, yeah. uh, very high, very unusual, not totally unexpected, but it really impacts a lot of financial decisions. Yeah, you know, so this article from uh, Wall Street Journal is interesting because um, it talks about how to, how to time or react to um, the interest rates with your financial decisions. Um, and John, as you mentioned, the Fed had uh, raised interest rates uh, 0.75 percentage points last month, stepping its efforts to rein in inflation. And, and the move really is going to have ripple effects throughout the financial world, the wallets of millions of Americans, um, because it's changing uh, the math and how it's done on a range of money decisions, both big and small. So. Yeah, back in May, I mean, inflation hit eight eight point six percent. So the cost of everything is really increasing, from lawn care to uh, air conditioning. Obviously, we feel it at the pump. 
every oh, yeah. week in the grocery store as well. So this Fed increase was really intended to, to cool the economy and really slow the runaway growth in prices. And, and the market's been you know, falling for several weeks, uh, really the entire year as the Fed has started to raise rates on uh, this you know, recently. And um, the stocks entered what we call a bear market. That's when the stock market is down by 20% mm-hmm. or more. Uh, the Nasdaq is down thirty plus percent, and uh, you know we've seen other stocks that are down forty and fifty percent. So it's been a difficult market, and as rates rise, you know it makes sense to accelerate some financial plans and maybe put some others off. So you know we start looking at credit card debt and other loans that have variable rates. They're likely uh, have gotten more expensive, and and they should be dealt with first. And you know, but when you're considering maybe a major purchase uh, such as a car or a home, uh, you know it could make sense to delay. Not mm-hmm. necessarily depends your situation, but there are some things you need to think about. Yeah, uh, Professor Ma, who's an assistant professor at Columbia University, says uh, it's important to really start thinking about what should be the what should be your optimal decisions, given that the interest rate environment is going to change uh, so much going forward. And so I like this um, this article because it gives you a few reasons how to think, how to, how to order some of the operations of your money in both the short and long term. Mm-hmm. So the first one that we'll get into is focus on paying down debt before it even gets or it gets even more expensive, um, an interest or an increase in interest rates usually means that credit cards they're going to rise, their annual percentage rates are going to rise, their APR, um, the average annual percentage rate for those with good credit was roughly about nineteen percent, which is ridiculous. Anyways, that's, that's, I, I know we're saying that as like a good thing, yeah. but that's a terrible thing. Yes, um, and uh, and so um, and so nineteen percent that was that was the average rate, and that's definitely. You know, going to go up as interest rates are expected to increase, and higher rates mean the cost of borrowing goes up. Um, and nowhere is that more true than credit card debt. I mean, I remember, yeah, the, the high twenty percentages. Yeah, we uh, see a lot of people past. with mid twenties. It's yeah. it's hard to get out of credit card debt when you have that right. kind of interest rate. It's kind of just spirals out of control. Exactly. It's 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 really uh, unbeatable, really. And so if you add on top of that the fear of inflation, the threat of a recession, s- these things that are musing in in a, a lot of the the conversations, then you're looking at making people really reluctant to dip into savings and other funds to pay down debt. But if you do that, or if you if you are reluctant, um, then that's only going to add more to your problems. What you want to do is is really focus on uh, paying down debt um, so that you have more future money available. Um, Peter Gallagher, who's the founder and managing director of the United or Unified Retirement Planning Group in New York says, uh, we've met people who've had $200,000 in their bank account yeah. and $20,000 yeah. in debt. So it just, he said, it doesn't make any sense. And it doesn't to get that debt just done with paid f- or getting rid of, a, getting rid of, yeah. because the, the rate at which it's going to grow is going to be astronomical. So. Yeah. We just, we just met with someone who has, has about $80,000 of credit card debt and, and their average interest rates, 20%. Mm. I mean, that's 16 grand a year that's or close to, you know, $1,400 a month, roughly. And that you're just throwing that away. I mean, yeah. so our, our plan with them was, is you got to get out of this really quick. So, um, and so the, the question is, is, well, do you pay down the highest interest debt first or do you do the Dave Ramsey snowball, which basically says take the lowest, um, you know, the lowest amount and, and snowball it mm-hmm. to the next one and Build so that forth. Momentum. I, I mean, pick one. I mean, either right. one's going to work. I mean, we, we, we do believe in what Dave Ramsey talks about in the snowball method. Yep. You get some momentum, you get some excitement, and you can pay it off quicker than um, typically some of the higher interest debts. I mean, if you're talking about a forty or $50,000, 
you know, bill, it's going to take you years to get out of that. So yeah. um, you got to figure out what your strategy associated with that um, and, and make sure you pay off, you know, your, your credit card debt. You got to get out of that and start building wealth. That's, so right. that's number yep. one. Number two here is, is maximize the return on the savings that you do have. And so once you have, you know, paid down debt, look at your savings. I mean, one of the upsides of the rate increase is we see higher, we see higher interest rates. Um, and so, you know, the, they're not, they're not huge, but still they've gone up a little bit. So interest rates on a lot of CDs and savings accounts, um, they move with the federal funds rate. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, many Americans certainly were able to save some during the pandemic. Uh, they got a lot of, you know, money coming in from the government. Also, they sure. weren't spending it as well. Right, so yeah. you just got to make sure that you maximize that, that interest rate. Yeah. And, you know, as of uh, June, um, uh, last month, the average annual uh, yield on a one-year CD is 0.21%, and that's according to the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, uh, meaning any dollar saved there are actually losing value due to inflation. Um, online banks like Ally back in June were offering 0.9%. Or Goldman Sachs, Marcus accounts are offering 0.85%. And I know they have increased since. Yeah, I checked, I've seen I checked one, last week. And there's 1.2 or yeah, something yeah, like that. Yeah. So they have increased since then. Um, and Professor Ma, again, at Columbia University says, if one has spare funds that you don't need to buy groceries with, this is a good time to really think about where one could put that amount of money. Um, and so also you want to consider the one true safe place from inflation, volatile markets. And we've talked about a lot of this in, in the past. Yes. Our, our I-bonds. Um, which currently are returning a 9.6% interest. Now, what? there are a lot of limits on these. Yes, there are. You got to so be careful. A, a limit of $10,000. <laughs> you have to keep in there for at least a year. Right. If it's less than five years, you're going to ha have some penalty with interest. Yeah. But if you don't need them, if you don't need $10,000 worth and you want to grow at a rate that's far beyond yep. anything you can get in a bank, anything you can get in a CD, um, that, is, that is an option for a, a safer way to um, watch your money grow. So, um, yeah, those are some ways you can maximize your return savings. And the third point we'll talk about is consider whether or not to postpone certain financial moves. Um, you know, I know this is a big deal for us right now. We So we bought a house before everything blew up, which was good. But now we're trying to furnish the house and deal with some minor renovations. And yes. me and uh, my wife had to talk about just let's let's postpone those a yeah. little bit. Because I've heard that, you know, we just it's it is in this environment and with the, the borrowing costs and all these things, it's a. It's not, not a great time for all that. So Yeah, and you look at uh, new car loans are 45 to 5%, um, which is up from 4% in March. And uh, individual lenders and dealerships can can charge you different amounts. So yep. make sure you understand that piece of it. We would you know, recommend trying not to go into debt on cars if you can help it. Oh, yeah. um, mortgage rates um, you know, have increased significantly as well. We see the 30-year uh, fixed rate in the the mid fives. Um, the week of June the sixteenth, it was five point eight percent, and man, and just a year ago, it was two point nine percent. So that makes a big difference. That's going to definitely slow um, the housing market. There's no doubt that yeah. um, you just can't yeah. afford as much home. Yeah, for, it's, for your dollar, it's difficult. Yeah. But we do see adjustable rate mortgage starting to kind of be the product of choice now. Yeah, yeah, and and those have increased um, and they've been on the rise. But you know, even these loans come with particular risks because. Uh, the interest rates on these mortgages are set periodically, and they could go up considerably um, and become more expensive over time. And so if you're a house hunter, you're considering um, one of these uh, to just be a little bit more careful because waiting may feel frustrating to you uh, in this housing market. But if fears of a recession ultimately come to fruition, the end interest rates on these house prices will likely move lower 
Uh, so I think it's hard to play the waiting game. You're worried about it continuing to go up. But I think some of these the things that the, the Fed's doing is, like you said, going to slow things down. We've got to be patient. Yeah, so if you're feeling pressure to buy a house as soon as possible, uh, maybe you're you know, in between places now or you're putting your own home on the market, locking in a mortgage rate now might save you some money down the line. I mean, rates likely are going to go up again. No one you know knows for sure. But if you have some flexibility in your timeline, then waiting could benefit um, as the rates um, uh, you know, they could drop, you know, in the future. Uh, we don't know what that looks like. We right. think most people think short term is going to increase, but you know, longer term out one to two to five years. I mean, no one knows, but, um, maybe they will be tamer. Yeah. And so, you know, as for when, when the level <laughs> off, uh, the fed chairman, Jerome Powell said in a press conference, um, back in June that the committee approved the larger interest rate rise because of concerns of economic data. Um, so that would, that would assume that once economic data is looking a little healthier, then like you said, they'll 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 slow it down and hopefully get back to a normal normal rate. Um, who knows when? Yeah, who knows good, when, but. good good topic. I mean, yep. there, there's a lot of things that uh, you need, just need to take a look at in your own situation: debt, savings, and make sure you're you're making the right uh, decisions. If you need help in that area, certainly reach out to us. We're more than happy to to help you. Yep. Um, with, we uh, love, any, we any, love doing it. Yeah, so. any questions you have. Yeah. So. All right, so we're going to switch gears here and do the question of the week. And we get this periodically. We, it seems like we're getting it more and more uh, you know, lately. But um, the question is, is if I retire three months earlier, um, you know, does it alter um, my retirement plan? And so we do retirement plans. And you know, t- we, we look out typically to age 95. So someone retiring mm-hmm. at 60, we're looking out 35 years. So you know, when you start talking about three months you know, it doesn't move the needle very much. Yeah, right. um, you know, so in general, it, I would say, no, it does not um, change the retirement plan. But you need, you need to make sure you have things in order. Um, yeah. You know, certainly communicating internally. But uh, we are, we're big proponents of what are you going to retire to? Make sure you sure. have that figured out. And some yep. people don't. So they need, to re- you know, they need to wait and figure out what that looks like. But from an income standpoint, the, the distributions, even though the markets are down um, now, uh, because we're looking at over so many you know time periods and years, it generally does not change um, you know the retirement plan. Yeah, there's other questions to consider, like um, yeah, you're receiving maybe a lump sum for unused vacation that you want to take in the new year, so it doesn't affect your taxes. Those are other questions. But sure. When it comes to the the health of your retirement from retiring three months earlier or not, yeah, it's not going to move the needle much when you're looking at. Um, 30 plus years yeah. uh, of living. So, well, plus you've been working for 30 or 40 yeah, years. Right. So, working so three months, it, it and, just doesn't, yeah. it just, I mean, you know, when you're, when you start looking at the income. And we also, the other kind of factor is, is that we build in negative years to the retirement plan. So, we, exactly, you know, the thing that people are forgetting during this time, time period that we're going through is if you look at the returns for 2019, 20, and 21. I mean, if you are you know 100% in the market, you are up 60 to 70% yeah, in three years. That's just not normal. Wild. Yeah. And so to have a pullback like we're doing, um, we're talking about that in the, the monthly newsletter, is it's actually a little healthy. It doesn't feel that way, but you know, it's, so you don't yeah. have bubbles that build up. These kind of things, recessions happen. And, right. Um, so you got to build them into the planning process. And, and I think what you mentioned too about having it built into the plan, that's what I remind um, a lot of our clients is like this year has, is built in. Yeah, to the plan. This is one of the negative years we talked about. I mean, it's not over yet, right? But so far, if it continues the way it is, this is something that we we've planned for. Yeah. And I think that is a it, it takes a little of that uh, some of that emotional weight off it, knowing that okay, we'll well 
hey, this is this is built into the plan. So we're going to do a bonus today. Two yeah. two financial facts of the okay, week. Okay, here we go. All right. The second the financial fact of the week is the first half of the year was the worst uh, yeah. half in over 50 years since 1970. Yeah, since yeah. Yeah. So just put that in perspective, what we just went through, you know, the S&P 500 was down about 20%. Um, was you know the worst in in half a century? Half so, century, and it it did have the statistics. I always I find that that statistics are you know fun to yeah manipulate because manipulate the highest well because the Talk highest yeah. the highest uh, the peak of it was January third, which yeah. is obviously like the start of the year, right? And so there's been worse six month periods, but this is the, the worst um, year to date six months, which it just <laughs> this is true, yeah, yeah. So. Anyway. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, you look back to the pandemic, and um, the pandemic was down 35 percent in a month. In one month, right? Right. So yeah, yeah. it is. It is a fun fact. It is. Yeah, for sure. So you get two two yeah. for one today. There you go. So uh, we're going to switch gears here and uh, talk about the ABCs of RMD. Here we go. There you here go. We go. Required minimum distributions. <laughs> this is something that is is super important. Now we handle this for our clients, and you know, if you're listening and not a client out there, just you want to do your research. You want to make sure you get this right. Um, you know, there's a lot of calculators and some some uh, things out there that can uh, that can help you out. And matter of fact, if you if you have questions, call us up. I had someone I was talking to about four or five years ago, prospect, and he's like, I'm listening to your podcast, and he's self managing it, and uh, he was asking me some questions, so I was happy to help him. So yeah, I mean, anytime you have questions, y'all can certainly reach oh, yeah. out to us. But a uh, required minimum dis- distribution, also known as an RMD. Um, is just exactly what it sounds like. They're mandatory distributions from your retirement accounts, and you have to start taking them out once you pass the age of 72. Um, so if you turn 72 in 2022, got the rhyme going, you go. then you have to take an RMD this year. And so RMDs apply to traditional IRAs, 401ks, 403bs, SEP IRAs, simple IRAs, you name it. Uh, one notable retirement account that isn't subject to an RMD is a Roth, Roth IRA. That's a that's why one of the reasons why we like Roth. Yeah, IRAs. we do like Roth many IRAs. reasons, but Roth IRAs are not um, subject to this RMD. And RMDs also apply to some inherited retirement accounts. We're not going to go down that path today. That's a little different rule. Little, little different rules. Yeah, they have some different rules and so forth. So we're going to focus on folks that are that are um, RMD age 72 um, going forward. Yeah. Yeah. So one question that, uh, that often comes up in relation to RMDs is, why do they have to take them in the first place? Yeah. And so I think the main idea is that tax-deferred retirement accounts aren't taxable while you're saving, accumulating assets. They're growing tax, you know, tax advantage. But once you hit 72, RMDs are the government's way of saying, the party's over. Time to pay we, up, buddy. We, we, want our, we want our money back. Uh, but the good thing is you've had the growth yep. that's been tax deferred. So I think it's still beneficial. But yes, now it's time to to pay back. You'll typically pay ordinary income tax on your RMDs unless you've um, contributed after-tax dollars to your account. And if that's the case, those contributions won't be taxed again, though uh, any investment earnings on those accounts um, will be. So, or on, on those amounts. That's right. So the RMDs, you have to take those um, by December 31st um, of the year that you turn 72 and each year going forward. And if you miss your RMD, here's the kicker. You'll owe taxes that would have been due on that RMD amount in the, to the tune of 50% yeah. penalty. Um, so you don't want to miss your RMD. So if you have a million-dollar IRA and you have to take 4% out, that's forty grand. Mm-hmm. If you don't take that out, that's a $20,000 penalty. 
Yeah. It's a big number. That's that's very big. So yeah. so make sure you you're doing your RMDs or at least understand how to do them. We again, we handle that for for our clients, but to calculate your RMDs, you have to look back at your balance at the end of the previous year. Um, you then divide that amount by what's called a life expectancy factor. Uh, the IRS has a website that you can find out what that is. Um, there are different tables for RMDs, but most people use what's called a uniform lifetime table. It's basically giving you life expectancy. And uh, you'll use a separate table, you know, if your spouse is more than 10 years younger than you and is the sole beneficiary of your retirement account. So you have to figure out um, what the factor is going to be, and you, that's based on life expectancy. Yeah, and you know, you, you'll see that the RMD percentages will increase as you age. You'll start out, it's a little less than 4% of your portfolio at age 72, but by age 80, it's a little over 5%. And so that might make you feel uncomfortable if you're trying to stick to a specific withdrawal percentage on your retirement portfolio. But remember, you can always reinvest that money. You don't have to spend that money. If you have earned income equal to or greater than your contribution amount, you can even reinvest your RMD proceeds back into the, IR, the IRA, which is very interesting. Yeah, yeah. If you yeah, if you do have uh, earned, income earned income associated income, right. with it. Yep. So, and another uh, thing that you can do with it is, um, you know, there's a lot of folks that wonder, is there anything you can do to lower uh, your tax bill? And mm -hmm. um, yeah, one of the ideas that, that we use a lot is called a qualified charitable distribution, also called QCD. Uh, which you're eligible to make once you turn 70 and a half. Hmm. Okay, so you can do this charitable, uh, qualified charitable uh, distribution at age 70 and a half. You can basically take out up to $100,000 per year and donate it to a charity. Uh, any amounts that you donate to a charity in this way are not taxable. Uh, they also satisfy your RMD obligation. Um, and so if you think about it, if if you're giving to a nonprofit already out of cash, out of a checking account, right. you're giving away after-tax money. It would be better to give before-tax money out of your IRA account. Right. The, the nonprofit's going to be happy, right? They get, their money. They, they get their money. they don't care where it comes from. Uncle Sam's not going to be happy because he's. they're not going to be able to tax you on that, right. that RMD. So there's, you really have three options with RMDs. You can spend it. So we send sometimes we'll, we'll send it back to people's bank account, which right. is fine. You and if they need it. Yep. Withhold some taxes. Yep. As you mentioned, you can take um, the leftover RMD after the taxes and put it into a brokerage account. Right, so let it grow. it. Yep, yep reinvest pay the tax it. on it. And then this QCD is the third option, is giving away some of the RMD to a nonprofit. Yeah. Um, and that's a, that's a pretty cool transaction, but um, you know, make sure that, that, you're, that you do the RMD correctly. That 50% penalty, it does yeah, occur. you want to um, make sure you do that right. Yeah, you want to make sure that you have someone helping you with that and uh, if you, again, if you have any questions, certainly feel free to, to reach out to us. We're happy to help you in any yeah. way we can. Yeah, help you strategize with that. Well, very good. Well, this has been this week's edition of MoneyMD. Tune in next week uh, on MoneyMD.net to, uh, to hear more prescriptions for your financial health. And um, we're going to give you another bonus today. Here we go. We have a prescription of the week. We do. Oh, and think you're doing it, right? I'm doing it. You are excited to do this one. I am excited to do this one. Yeah, this, this is, is a good one. It's, I've actually never heard it called the Christmas Club concept. Really? Yeah. But then when I was reading through, I'm like, hey, that's this is what actually got me excited to budget initially. Um, so I'll, re I'll read it here. I'll, I'll go through it and then I'll, we'll talk about it a bit. But uh, the Christmas Club concept, that's our, our prescription of the week. So the idea is to put aside uh, a little bit each month because it happens in December every year. Christmas happens in December That's every it? year. I think so. Okay. I'm pretty sure. Just making sure. Yeah. So this is a good <laughs> technique to do for non-recurring expenses like car insurance, car repairs, Create another fund that can be used for these one-time expenses. So, yeah, initially when I started budgeting, it was um, 
I always like, well, how do you how do you handle this? How do you, oh, this bill's coming up. I don't have the money for it. But then yeah. you realize, well, hey, I pay these bills, you know, every year, every six months. Why don't I just put a little bit aside every month, whether it's dividing by 12 or six, how, however frequent the bill is, or Christmas, you know, like you're saying in December, um, just divide it by 12, save that little bit each month. And then when the Christmas times, when Christmas time comes, you can buy gifts freely without guilt, with yes. just the joy of, the of giving to your friends, your family, um, knowing that you've been diligently saving all year. That was a concept that really got me excited initially because, yeah, then you can kind of you can do the things you want to do without feeling guilty about it, uh, even when it comes to those one-time expenses. So um, vacate, plan vacations that you have. You know, sometimes like it, it hits the the uh, your bank account. And you're like, man, how am I ever going to come up with that? I gotta I gotta eat rice and beans for the next three months to make up for all that. Yep. Instead of doing that, just plan ahead. Um, so you know, the right way to do this is doing an annual budget, <clears throat> and then that way you can set your vacation amount. We're going to spend $1,200 on vacation yeah. and then $100 a month goes into this account. You know you're going to have some car repairs. Um, you know you have a life insurance yep. payment. You know you have things that are going to happen throughout the year that you can then budget in January and February and start building up. That's right. This is separate than the emergency fund as well. Yeah. So oh, yeah. having a separate account, this works. This is just, this is a simple concept, but it's very, very powerful. Yeah. You know, what's funny is... um this weekend, since I was out of town traveling, Fourth of July, my wife was texting me and saying, "You know, we're going." They went to the sea fireworks, and the kids got some food, and they, she, she was wondering, "Oh, I don't know if we have money or a budget." And I said, "Don't worry, I put, you know, I put some money aside every month for Fourth of July every year, so that we can have a fun Fourth nice, of July." Nice. And so it was like she was able to buy the kids some uh, food from the food trucks, cool, and they got their nice. funnel cakes and their pork uh, uh, barbecue sandwiches, yeah, and yeah. so it just it it allows you to enjoy. The things you want to enjoy, as opposed to feeling like you're you're doing harm to your your financial situation. So yeah, anyway, very good. Yeah, uh, are we done? We're done now. You can you can close it out. Okay. Yeah. This has been this week's edition of <laughs> Money MD. Tune in next week on MoneyMD.net to hear more prescriptions for your financial well health. Yeah. Check out our website MoneyMD.net. <laughs> Send us your questions. Uh, you can always give us a call here at Richard Young Associates seven zero six seven three nine zero seven two five thanks for listening hope y'all have a great rest of the week yeah it's good to be with y'all this program contains general information only and should not be taken as specific investment tax or legal advice this broadcast is not a solicitation for the purchase or sale of any security smart investor pro is not connected to investment returns further information is available by contacting richard young associates a registered investment advisor 